Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. You know, we've been in the middle of a fight in our state and for the gambling issue. And you know, one of the things that keeps coming to my mind is all the heartaches that this would bring on so many families. And I don't know about you, but I walk through the lives of many people and they have heartaches and so many of them, and me too, unnecessary because we open the door often to heartache simply because we don't know what we don't know. And it made me think, there are a lot of people that are walking through and have walked through heartaches that we could learn from by knowing that and we could grow from it. And so I want to do a series on finding God in the heartaches and the hallelujahs that can come from heartaches. I have with me today doing this podcast, all of you know Colleen Vider, the executive assistant, who walks along with all of us at His Vessel Ministries and really just is a tremendous, tremendous asset to me personally, but to this ministry. But you know, we develop and grow in our spiritual walk many times, things that God allows in our life, and she is willing to come in today and do a podcast with me sharing a heartache in her life where God has truly brought a hallelujah. And so welcome, Colleen. Thank you, Miss Joe. This is going to be, you, you need to get your Kleenexes, you need to get in a quiet place, and you need to listen in. Now, if you're driving down the road or if you're in the kitchen cooking dinner, it's okay, listen in, but prepare to listen to this story, the heart of Colleen, at an additional time as well, because I want you to hear her story of a heartache that God allowed her to walk through because she didn't know what she didn't know. But yet God has brought a hallelujah. Talking about a prodigal child and how God has gotten all the glory. Colleen, tell us about that. Well, I'm happy to share this. And to start off with, I'm just going to go way back in my life. I was divorced. I have two daughters, Hillary and Sarah, and they were both really young. And later on, remarried. Then I became a Christian after I remarried, and I was telling Miss Joe that one thing after I became a Christian, here's where churches missed the mark. I went straight to serving the Lord instead of being rooted and taught the Word. And so as time went on, we were in church, and I took my girls to church. You we, got busy. We, we got busy in church. You yeah. did what you knew to do. Yes. And as Hillary, she was our oldest daughter, she became a teenager. Well, at one point in time, she became very rebellious in our home. And I didn't know what had happened other than she had wounds in her heart. And it was just displaying her in her life and her activity and her moods and her Every part of her, it was it was just showing out. And it was from the divorce. I knew that part. But why it was displaying itself so 
chaotically. I did not know at the time. I wasn't a strong enough Christian to know how to battle for her spiritually. All I knew to do is I went to the church. We sought help there. They recommended a church counselor for Hillary. That was good for Hillary, but what we really needed was family counseling. I even remember going to the Bible bookstore, and we bought all these books on parenting. We were just desperate. We did what we knew to do. But after several months of lots of chaos in our home... Hillary moved out of our house and lived with her father, which was two states away from us. That was a mistake on my part, and I will talk about that in a minute. So I did what I knew to do. We had a couple that prayed with us. We still stay in touch with them today. We're very good friends with them. Another thing I did was I called her every week. It was so difficult because she didn't want to talk to me. She would answer my questions, yes or no, but that, as far as having any conversation, she didn't want to partake in talking to me. She hated me calling her. And every time I get off the phone, I would just break down and cry. It was just painful. And I didn't want to call her anymore. But my husband, Matt, he kept me strong, and he encouraged me, and he told me, he said, you cannot give up. You have to stay in touch with her. I know it hurts, but it is something you have to do. So I did, and today she tells me that is what, although she hated it, but that is what saved our relationship. She said to me, she said, I don't think we would have the relationship we have today if you would not have done that. So praise God. So I pushed through the pain, and I called her every week. I didn't cry with her on the phone, but boy, when I got off the phone, (laughs) I did. I made trips to spend time with her, and again, that was hard. I would try to do fun things with her, and she was just rebellious. And I wrote letters to her, and of course, I prayed for her. Matt and I prayed for her. God did give me a rhema word soon after she left our home. And the funny thing is that at the time, I didn't even know what a rhema word was, but it was something I clung to, let me tell you. And it was um, Jeremiah 31, 15 through 17. And he told me in the scripture, it talks about Rachel weeping. And he told me in there, don't weep for your children. She's going to return. You're going to be rewarded for your work. I clung to that scripture. And another thing on a negative side that I did, I was so self-absorbed in my own pain. Again, I didn't know how to get this pain out of me. I didn't know how to ask for help. But one night during a church service, I was just laying flat on the floor. It was an altar time, I don't remember. But The altar was full of people, and I was just in the aisle, flat on the floor, just crying my eyes out to God. And he said to me, very clearly, he said, do you love her more than me? That was a wake-up call for me. Now, did the pain go away? Did my self-absorption go away at that point? No, but it did wake me up that, no, God, I, I love you more, and that my focus needed to be changed, but I still didn't know exactly how to do that. So Hillary never did come back to our home, which I really thought she would. I thought she'd go and come back in just a few months, but she didn't. She got married when she was 18. Then she had a baby boy. Again, I stayed in touch with her with weekly phone calls. On Sunday afternoons was my time to call Hillary. She became more receptive to me as time went on, 
but there was still brokenness and distance between us. But she had a baby boy, and I went to see him. I At this time, I lived in a different state again, and I flew out to South Dakota to see my grandson. She was guarded around me. She was distant, but she was cordial. Her and her family, they lived out in the country in South Dakota, and it was all gravel roads, and Hillary wasn't used to gravel roads. And one day she was on one of those gravel roads and lost control. She was driving, I think it was a blaze or something like that, and the vehicle flipped, and Tyrell was in the back seat. Praise God, he was in a car seat. But that vehicle was so damaged. And she said when she saw that vehicle, she knew that God had saved her and her son. But she also told me, she said, I could feel God through the whole thing. She said, I can relive it to today. Just seeing myself tumble in that vehicle. And it's like it was in slow motion, she said. But I knew that God kept me and my son from being harmed. That was a turning point for Hillary. And praise God, she had some foundation in her to know that it was God that saved her. So one Sunday afternoon on my weekly call to Hillary, you know, she said to me, Mom, I went to church today. Well, (laughs) I was overjoyed and trying not to show too much of that on the phone. I just said, okay, tell me about it. Well, she got very involved in this little country church and gave her life back to the Lord and took her boys to church. Her husband never went with her. And in time, again, our relationship was healing. And she was growing in the Lord and I was growing in the Lord and we were able to have heart-to-heart talks. And we were able to forgive each other. So, but after nine years of her marriage, they divorced. And then Hillary was a single mother with two boys. And at this time, Matt and I had moved to Montgomery, here in Montgomery. And Hillary was still in South Dakota. But soon after the divorce, she, she just took a downward spiral. Spiritually, she was living in the flesh. She was seeking for love. Rejection just was eating her up. Letting her go live with her father back when she was a teenager was my mistake. And that is what opened the door to rejection. And she tells me, she said, that's what drove the nail in the rejection. I mean, it was nailed to her heart at that point because I let her go. She said, it made me feel unworthy that you didn't want me. Her rebellion was really against the fact that I had remarried and she wanted me, in her heart of hearts, she wanted me to go back to her dad, but I didn't. And so she felt like I chose Matt over her. She felt unloved and she felt totally that I had abandoned her. So in Montgomery, I began discipleship at His Vessel Ministries in 2008 and then God of Order Discipleship in 2009. And through these discipleships is where I began to heal. I forgave myself, which was the first thing I needed to do way back then. But I didn't, I didn't know all this. I didn't teach my girls the word or how to pray or about salvation. I was new at it myself. I didn't know how to teach them. And so in being in these discipleships, I learned that and felt that I needed to go back to my daughters and ask them to forgive me. 
I needed to ask both of my daughters to forgive me of my failures and my mistakes. And um, through that, God healed me. God healed me of my guilt and my failure and condemnation. I can today remember Miss Jo standing at the front of the room teaching about condemnation, about when she was teaching the children's lesson in God of Order. That was a turning point for me, an absolute turning point. There's two parts of that teaching in God of Order. And I can just see her talking about it right now. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of His Word, I was set free. I was set free from all of that. Another thing I did was just choose to love Hillary, to love on her. And also in discipleship, I was taught how to pray the word over her. I didn't know how to do that before. I had other prayer warriors praying with me. I fasted for her on a regular basis. I stayed in contact with her, and I knew when things were bad on her end because she I wouldn't hear from her. So I would reach out to her. I knew she was walking in the flesh, but she knew I was there for her. She knew at this point that I loved her. And she knew that she could be brutally honest with me and that I wouldn't reject her. I also knew that I had to mother her as an adult and let the Holy Spirit do the work. I could not be the fixer, which is what I wanted to do when she was a teenager. I wanted to be the fixer. And honestly, I probably used manipulation in some of that, trying to encourage her to come home. But finally, Hillary did do a complete turnaround and got herself grounded back in the Word, back into church, her children into church, and graduated with a master's in religion. And she did college online while she was raising her boys. Now she has moved to Alabama She is remarried and has two small children. She's teaching those children. She's homeschooling, and she's taking them to church. She's teaching them the Word of God. They read the Word of God every night around the dinner table as a family, and she prays with them. And so God did a miracle and a turnaround, and just like Miss Jo says, brought a hallelujah out of this. And a lot of healing for both of us. And another Rima word that God has given me for all of my family. Because now I have six grandchildren. Two daughters, two son-in-laws, and six grandchildren. Isaiah 59, 21 is my heart song. Really. It says, as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit is upon you, will not depart from you, and my words which I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth, nor from your descendants' mouth, nor from your descendants' descendants' mouths, from this time forevermore, says the Lord. That is my heart song. I pray that this testimony encourages you and gives you hope, and that you can turn a heartache into a hallelujah. Wow. That is so much. But you know, we could break down so many points of that. But the big package is there's not a one of us listening to this that we don't have some kind of heartache right now. That's right. And what God wants us to see is not to just wipe out that heartache, God. Get it out of my life. Straighten it out. God wants us to 
hallelujah him mm -hmm. in the middle of it because there's something bigger than the heartache. That's right. Because God could remove that heartache if he wanted to in a heartbeat. Now, he took you halfway around the United States <laughs> That's and right. then brought both of you to Alabama and he's healed that heartache. And you both now have hallelujah lives. Not that everything's perfect but in each one of your homes, but it's getting better and better and better. That's right. And he's getting a testimony. But you know something that you said, you had a heartache because you didn't know what to do. That's right. How many of us have heartaches right now because we made choices we did the best that we knew to do. That's right. So the first thing I want to say, to you, and there's mothers out there, and there's parents out there, they wouldn't intentionally mess up. No. You're just doing what you know to do. Mm -hmm. And what an opportunity for the church, for us to arise mm -hmm. and get back in the fellowship with Christ and help people to know what to do, mm -hmm. to recognize those heartaches. But the guy that came up to you, what did he say? He knew me, and we went to the same church. And he saw the pain on me. He knew my story. Mm -hmm. And all he said to me was, how much are you reading the word? Mm -hmm. He didn't say anything else. And I didn't answer because I was a mess. So just like the guy mm -hmm. that saw you lying there in the aisle, he saw your pain mm -hmm. enough to be used of God to confront you about your pain. When later he asked you, you shared with me, he asked you, mm -hmm. how much are you in the word? See, that's being the church. Rather than being busy, yeah. no, just be the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. Mm -hmm. And what an eye-opener that was for you. Yes. That was a hallelujah moment. Yes, it was. It was a hallelujah moment. So many times we miss the hallelujahs in the heartaches because we just don't know. This is what I heard you say in Hillary's life. She felt rejected. She felt unloved. And she felt abandoned. Mm -hmm. You would have never done that intentionally. That's right. Those brought heartaches. That's right. They were heartaches to you. They were heartaches to her. But yet she found refuge in the church. Yes, she did. What I heard you say is she found the love of God. Mm -hmm. You she found did. the love of God. That's right. And the love of God on your life brought you back to realizing this is what I need to do. The love of God falling on Hillary's life, mm -hmm. she realized this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. My mother would never intentionally abandon me. Mm -hmm. She would never intentionally reject me. Mm -hmm. She would never intentionally not love me. Mm -hmm. She just didn't know what she didn't know. That's right. You know? And as the church, how we are to reach out and be that love. When we see heartaches in people's lives, what do we do now? You know, listen, I'm guilty. I'm at the front of the line. Sometimes I just pass on by. Lord, I can't handle another heartache. Yet God is allowing us to see those heartaches mm -hmm. because he's wanting hallelujahs in them. Mm -hmm. We may be the very one, that God that spoke into your life, he saw your pain. Maybe the one in Hillary's life, you know, the church yeah. that help to redeem her and mm -hmm. get her in the Word. Oh my goodness, this is mm -hmm. the hour for the church to mm -hmm. wake up. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I want to stand on the rooftop and say, no more heartache. God, take these heartaches. And God is saying, but in these heartaches, I want people to rise up 
and bring me glory. That's the hallelujah. So he can bring healing. Yes. He brought healing to your heart. Now you know how to recognize the heartaches. Right. And it all comes back to the love of God. It does, because that, and you said it earlier, when I knew God's love, then I could demonstrate that love to Hillary without being self-absorbed and in my own flesh, because that's where I was. Mm-hmm. I was in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And letting her go live with her dad, I thought she'd just come back in a few months. You know, I thought, well, this was the right thing to do. I only did what I thought I knew what to do. That's right. And at that time, you didn't know to get on your face before God and ask God, God, what do I do? What do I do? I didn't know how to fast. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. And that's really many times why God will allow it is to draw us to him so he can teach us what to do. Then we can go Mm -hmm. and walk. It seems so simple, but yet God does not waste a heartache. That's right. He doesn't. Hillary and I were talking. I said, I'm so sorry that we both have had this pain, but we're just going to pray that God gets the glory and other people are helped through it. And not only that, you're going to be able to help your grandchildren to know and maybe eliminate heartaches. Because now you know what to do. Yes. Which is really God's original intent from the garden. (laughs) But yet we, as we're humans, God doesn't give up on us. So it's so amazing, the love of God. And, And you were talking about the pain. We feel this pain, and it's physical, it's emotional, but yet that's the pain that Jesus suffered on the cross. Mm. Putting it in relation to that, God, we can praise God for the pain, can't we? Yeah. God, it's nothing compared, but thank you for the pain. And many people say, well, I'm not thanking him for my pain. Mm -hmm. Well, where does God want to get you? Yeah. Where does God want to get you? He really wants us to get out there and see the decisions we make today. We can eliminate some pain, but if it requires the pain, give him the hallelujah. That's right. Give him the hallelujah. Well, this has been so good, and there's so much more that we could say. And and yet, my prayer is that people have heard what they needed to hear. Yes, that's my prayer, too. We could write a whole Bible study on this. Yes. I'm sitting here looking at mm-hmm. these points, and we could write a whole Bible study. But it's enough for people to hear and to know that God is the answer. Mm-hmm. And that God doesn't waste a heartache. Yes. And God wants to eliminate the heartaches. But in the midst of them, he wants us to rise up and praise him. That's right. Because he's doing something from generation to generation to generation. And the last thing I want to say that I heard you say, you didn't give up. That's right. That that scripture from Jeremiah, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he's gone full circle with it. Yes, he has. There are some people out there right now, they've been given a promise for their prodigal, or they've been given a promise for their heartaches. Yes. Don't give up on the promise. You keep praying it, coming back to God, and doing what God tells you to do step by step while mm-hmm. he's out there working yes. on whoever else is involved in the promise. That's right. And it took years for Hillary and I to heal. And that's that's the message. Don't give up. Hang on to that word. That's right. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. You know what I just heard you say? Don't give up. It's don't give up on God. It's not don't give up on the circumstance that she's going to get her act together. Mm-hmm. She's going to come back to God. Or... Don't, don't give, give up. up on God. What a word for all of us. Mm-hmm. In the heartache, 
don't give up. Amen. And then we want to say what that man said to you. How much are you in the Word? In the Word is with God. That's right. How much are you being with God through the heartache? Because God wants to meet you in the heartache and you rise up and be a hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing this. Thank you, thank you. And our prayer is that people will hear what the Spirit is saying to them and just simply obey and walk in and be encouraged. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become His vessel.